So good morning. Uh, we are going to pick up where we left off last week. We've been we've been uh, talking about our God of Wonders, and we're talking about the core values that that we have as a church in Burlington Christian Church, but also as Christians. And one of those is the Bible, the scripture themselves, and how important they are for us. And we talked last week about, you know, seven key truths about how the Bible powerfully impacts us. If you didn't hear that part of the sermon, you might want to go back one week and check that out. But we're talking about inspiration when we left off, the inspiration of the Word of God. Like that it's it's from God, that God breathed it to us he, as he moved through his prophets and his people to give us the word of God. And the thing that comes along with the, the breath of God or the word of God is a responsibility that you and I have to God to handle his word like correctly said to him, Timothy, you do your best like, to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, we have this great uh, responsibility that we handle the word of God correctly for ourselves and for other people and for our children and those that we share the word of God with, that we are doing it according to God's word, not our agenda, not what the culture thinks and wants, not just to tickle people's ears so they hear a good sermon and they go, oh, wow, that was so wonderful. Everybody's good. Everyone's wonderful. We're all going to heaven together. That, that's not rightly handling the word of God. The word of God corrects us, it trains us, it teaches us, it, it reproves us, right? And it trains us in godliness. It, it helps us get stuff out as well as helping us put stuff in. And so the word of God is important to our soul and to our life and how we handle it is equally important. God's word is a gift to you and to me. It is truly God's love letter to us helping us know his heart and his mind through the creation, through the spirit of God, and through the, the scriptures themselves. God whispers to us. God thunders at us. God speaks to you and to me. You know, dozens of times in the scriptures, from we, we read the words, a voice from heaven said. You know, whether it was at Jesus' baptism or or when they went up on the mount and Jesus was transfigured before them, or in the Old Testament and in, in the book of Revelations, a voice from heaven said, God spoke on various occasions. God spoke directly to the people that were there at that moment. And they heard God's voice, you know, from Moses, through the prophets, through Jesus, all the way to John in Revelation, the voice of God speaks to you and to me. God has spoken to us. See, we don't have to go very far to see the wonder of God in the Word. That's what we've been talking about, the wonder of God in the Word of God. But even more importantly, even more importantly than the wonder of God in the Word, as important as the Word of God is, we also see, number one, the wonder of God in the world. 
And this is a reversal from what we've been talking about because the world wonder of God are things that we see and marvel at, but are going to one day disappear. And the things that we see in the word of God will endure forever. We know that. But there is something unique about the wonder of God in the world when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to the scripture. When you go looking for the wonder of God in the world, there are lots of great wonders that you can go and look at and see the wonder of God and be marveled at and be amazed at and to see his display of power and beauty. But we must not miss, we must never miss the greatest wonder of all. And I know we've talked about some pretty cool wonders, the womb, and the brain, and different ways that the wonder of God is seen in, in creation, crazy things. But check this out. The wonder of God in the world is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. In John chapter 1, verse 14. The word of God became flesh and dwelt for a while among us. See, that's the word of God that came into the world. That is incredible. That's a wonder of God in the world is the word that became flesh. See, in God's word, we see his wonder. And in this world, we see his greatest wonder. The word that became flesh. God fleshing out his very word. Like from the beginning of time, the truth of God, the spoken word that took on flesh in God's greatest wonder from the ancient of days and the beginning of time as we know it. Genesis chapter 1. Starts out, the entire Bible starts out like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Like everything. The light, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the fish, the birds, the vegetation, the animals. And how did God do this? Well, he didn't do it with a computer. It's not computer generated. Okay, that's not how God did it. He did not do it through GE or Tesla or through NASA. And he did not have elves in Santa's workshop making all the things that went into creation. See, God spoke creation into existence by his will and by his word. The word of God was spoken and all of creation came to be. The eternal word of God brought forth creation in an incredible way. Hebrews chapter 11 verse three says, by faith, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That's incredible. From the eternal, from the eternal, God commanded the universe to be. From eternity, not from anything that already was, but from God's eternal storehouse, he created everything. Check out this, Revelation chapter four, verse 11. Worthy are you, O Lord, 
our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things by your will. They exist and came to be. See, God, by his will, he willed it into existence. All of creation. God willed it into existence. Everything that we know and see and go and are amazed by. God willed that all into existence. One of the greatest pieces of evidence for this eternal word of God, the eternal word of God, is, is found in John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, uh, the gospel of John in the New Testament, when John writes about Jesus, he starts his letter off with Jesus. Other gospel writers start their uh, letters off with a genealogy. Uh, from Adam all the way up to Jesus and like that. But John is going to start his letter off with, with a moment of going back. And he says these words, In the beginning, which sounds very familiar to us, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so what John does is he takes us back to the very beginning. As he begins to write his letter about the life of Jesus, Remember, John is writing about the life of Christ. That's what the Gospels are, the life of Christ. And John wrote his, it's believed to be after Matthew, Mark, and Luke wrote theirs. It seems like John was able to see what they wrote, and John wrote about a lot of things that they did not write about. So John fills in a lot of gaps between their letters and some of the events that they did talk about or didn't talk about. But the Gospel of John that talks about Jesus starts with John taking us back to the very beginning. And what he's going to do is he's going to make a really nice bow, a nice big bow. He's going to tie a couple things together. The first string he's going to tie together is in the beginning, in the beginning. He's going to talk about in the beginning God created, right? We know that string. That's the string of Genesis. And so when John starts his letter off with in the beginning, he is thinking, he's got in mind, Genesis. The second string that he's going to bring in is in the beginning was the word. So in the beginning, God created and in the beginning was the word. John's going to take these two strings and he's going to tie them together in a nice bow. And, and with living words, with these two living words, Right? The word of God in the beginning and the word of God in John's gospel. With those two living words, two really big things happen. One, heaven and earth are created. And two, God becomes one of us. John, John's going to tie this together. The creation of the whole universe and everything in it. And the creating or, or the, the, the bringing into existence Jesus in the flesh. It's really a, a really cool thing that John does here in, in, in this letter, especially right here in the beginning of his uh, chapter one. 
Two very important beginnings. Both of them that come from the eternal word of God. And so John says, beginning. He uses the word beginning. In the beginning, just like Genesis, Moses wrote and said, in the beginning, God created. John's going to say in the beginning, not God created, but in the beginning was the word. Was the word. And he uses the word beginning. In Genesis, the word for beginning is Beershith. Beershith. Shift at the end. The moment, it, it means the moment of like conception. The first making of all things. That's what it means. The sun, the moon, the planets, the stars. The initiating of something that is brand spanking new. This is not a refurbishing. This is not goodwill. This is God making something for the very first time ever, ever. It did not exist before, and now God is going to bring it into existence, right? Beginning. In John's gospel, John has Genesis on his mind, and so what John is going to do is he's going to connect one beginning to another beginning. And the two are deeply tied together. They are one, in fact. The Genesis beginning is about creation. John is about a new beginning in Jesus. The incarnation, the incarnation where God became one of us, right? In the form of the Son of God, made like us with flesh and blood. God, God, creator of the universe, became one of us. Emmanuel, God with us. That's the incarnation. That's what it means. The Genesis beginning, God makes everything from nothing. The John beginning, the eternal God becomes a human being. Not an angel, not a spirit, but flesh and blood. For the very first time ever, God takes on human form and becomes like you and me. In Genesis, everything comes into being. And we, you and I, are made in the image of God. In John, God becomes, God comes to broken humanity and God takes on a new form. He takes on our image to save us from our sin and from destruction and from eternal separation. In Genesis, beginning is the origins of all things. In John, beginning is all about a new creation that begins with Jesus when he becomes a human being and it ends with you and I being born again into Christ. See, in Genesis, the earth becomes the new creation of God, the earth. He creates everything from nothing. And in John, you and I, we become the new creation in Christ. In the beginning, it's, it's huge. When you see those words, in the beginning, it's incredibly big. Then it says created. In the beginning, God created. John doesn't use those words, John, because Jesus and the word isn't going to be created. It already existed at the beginning of everything. So we don't have a creation of these things in John, but we do have the creation of the universe, not the creation of Jesus and not the creation of God, but the creation of the universe and time as we know it. 
God has always existed. Jesus has always existed. And the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they have always existed. And he says created, which means bara, which means formed or crafted. In Genesis, to make, it means to make, to create or to originate, to produce something out of nothing. He created it. He formed it. Uh, he did not form it out of something pre-existing. See, man, us, you guys, we, when we invent something, we really aren't inventing or creating anything from nothing. We take things that already are and we make something different with it. But God from nothing makes everything. See, the number one problem with evolution is that they need God's stuff, right? They need God's stuff to create their theory. And so in the end, all that they really create is a theory. They don't create anything because they have to take what God has already made and use it to create their agenda. See, this is why only God deserves to be praised. This is why it is all his. He has originated everything. Scientists say when considering animals and sea creatures and plants and humans and all forms of life on the earth as we know it, there are six key ingredients for life to exist. Do you know what the six key ingredients are? You probably know most of them. Carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, and sulfur. Those are the things that are necessary for life to exist on the planet. And God created all of them. God has made every one of them. It is God who animated all of life. He is the one that has brought it all into existence and he did it from nothing, from nada, nothing at all. And the last word that we see here is the word word, right? We see the word word. In Genesis, nine times, and God said, let there be. And God said, let there be. And God said, let there be. Nine times. And by his voice or his command, he spoke, right? God spoke things into existence, even though there was no one there to listen. There was no one there that he was actually talking to other than the Trinity. So, so whether he used actual words, he didn't speak English, he wasn't Hebrew, it wasn't Greek, we don't know what it was, but by the sound of God, by the audible sound of God, and by his will, by his force, and by his breath, God said, and it was. And John, the word he uses here in John for word is the, the word logos, and it means a divine expression. The word that existed before time, the personal manifestation of Jesus, who is fully God. Logos is the expression of the heart and the mind of our God. This living word is present in both creation and in John's gospel. Creation, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image, the Holy Trinity, and in Jesus, and the word became flesh. Logos is not just the spoken word of God, but it is the living, breathing, very son of God. In John 1.10, the scripture says, in that passage in John 1, the scripture says, he was in the world 
And though the world was made through him, everything that is was made through Jesus, the world did not recognize him. Those have got to be some of the saddest words in the Bible. He was in the world, walking among people. And though everything that has been made was made through Jesus, the world did not recognize Jesus. How sad is that? How sad is that to see the wonder of God all around us and not recognize the creator? How arrogant of us, how foolish of us, how shallow of us to think that we might know better than the one who made it all. The word of God means so, so very much to us and to all of humanity, whether humanity recognizes it or not. God's breath is our very life and breath. This living word spoken by God in the beginning of all things, through whom all things were made, that became flesh and dwelt among us, that was spoken through the law and the prophets and the apostles. This word, this living word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, right? The Holy Scriptures that give life and give light to all who believe and all who put their faith in Jesus. I want to I wanna close with this final passage. It's in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and wrap this up. The Hebrew writer writes, In the past, God spoke to our, to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also, by chance or by the way, he made the universe. Okay, that's this Jesus. He made the universe. Jesus, the Son of God, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. The wonder of God in the world is Jesus. The wonder of God in the world is Jesus. The greatest wonder of all. And it's not enough to just celebrate that wonder at Christmas time. Jesus deserves the Son of God who came into this world, the wonder of God who left heaven, I didn't even read Philippians, and came into the, let go of his position with God and became one of us, humbled himself to the point of death. That Jesus deserves all of us. And so the question is, is he your Lord and is he your Savior? Are your sins forgiven? If you were to leave this world today, if you were to check out today, is your name written 
in the book of life? Are you headed to heaven? Do you have the assurance that your faith and your life is in Christ and he is living in you? Let me encourage you. Let Jesus Christ be Lord and Savior of your life. And if you need someone to talk to about that, you call me, text me. I would, I would love to talk to anybody about getting your life right with him. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. We have a great God of wonders, don't we? We'll see you next.